0: Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Monday.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jason's <laughs> not here. I think he hates that more than I do, so I, I kind of let it go if you do it on the Monday pod.
0: I mean, I said it. I I said I gave it a little uh, little extra spice on the last one. I got my little I got my singing voice out. I did appreciate the extra pizzazz. Yay yay. yeah yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. It's Let's B12. go. You sound like that old Mets song.
0: <laughs> Let's oh, go okay. Mets. With arms wide open.
1: No, not like was that Creed or some shit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Y'all laughs> I'm. I'm convinced that if I was in in the night, if it was I was like in the '90s, I would be able to be like a '90s rock singer, like. Welcome to the fantasy, bro. fantasy. I'm nice, totally. <laughs> Fucking nice. So, so, did that sound good or not, nah, my bugging? Not in these <laughs> headphones. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, hello everyone. This is obviously the recap episode, Monday. November 23rd, recapping week 11. I cannot believe it's week 11 already. Loco. I absolutely cannot believe it. Well, uh, now just week 12, you- only one game left. Word. we. I mean, now week 12. Uh, we have not seen the Monday night game. Obviously, if you're listening to this before the Monday night game, we do not have magical powers to go back in time. But what we do do, 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 <laughs> is recap all the games besides the Monday, uh, the Monday game. So, welcome to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. Of course, I am your host, Tim Petrop, here with Michael. Yep, I'm here. Yeah, so, uh, you know the deal. Before we get started in today's news, we are going to shout out one of the sponsors of the podcast, Party Belts. We are the official sponsor. I'm sorry. They are the official belt of the brodo fantasy football podcast that's right it is the only belt where you could serve your friends while serving your friends it is completely customizable it is big it is one size fit all fits all it looks dope and it is i don't want to say cheap because cheap is the wrong word it is inexpensive compared to the regular to all the rest of these belts that are ridiculous priced um at PartyBelts.com, use the promo code brodo b-r-o-t-o to get 15 percent off And remember your championship that you're about to win, that you're about to use Brodo to win for the remainder of your days with PartyBelts.com. Michael, there's no Monday that ever starts off well unless Donnie H. comes at us with some news. I'm going to have to agree with that statement right there, Tim. Michael, what does Donnie H. got to say about this? Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison around the world in 30 minutes. This is headline news.
1: Good old Donnie H bringing us all from six to midnight. Just like that. (laughs)
0: Um, You know what? You know what brought a lot of people from six to midnight? Adam Thielen's ridiculous catch yesterday. He went fire fucking deep shit. Uh, I, I was playing against Adam Thielen, and even I was like, damn, I can't even hate on this. This is just a ridiculous performance. Uh, unfortunately, we're leading off the news with Adam Thielen has been placed on the reserve COVID list. Um, this is the sixth player on the Vikings in the last month to get it. Um, we don't know for sure if he has COVID yet, but they didn't say anything otherwise. So Adam Thielen, another, another one bites the COVID uh, – Covid Apple and get sick from it. So uh, yeah. Adam Thielen out. Yeah, well, not out necessarily. He will have
1: time to uh, to keep testing. Right. He could be out, but uh, again, he plays on Sunday, right? He doesn't play on Thanksgiving. He's not on the Thanksgiving slate. So if he was, if-, if he was on the Thanksgiving slate, then he'd be out. Like uh, J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram are ruled out for the Thursday slate game since they tested on a Monday morning as positive.
0: I so that that was my mistake. That was my uh you're right, I didn't have the schedule down right. Um but like Michael saying so hey some 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 hope. Uh LaMichael Prine Adam Gase says that he suffered a high ankle sprain during week 11 and the Chargers will talk more about Prine Uh, Later in the show, Christian McCaffrey, uh, Matt Rule says that he is still considering Christian McCaffrey week to week. Man, at this point, I would almost rather have had Saquon Barkley this year because although Christian McCaffrey probably won me a couple weeks, the just the tip, I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, I'm out, I, I might be back, I might not be back. Just that whole indecision has probably cost. Uh, fantasy managers some valuable moves and it's probably done more damage for your team than it has good having Christian McCaffrey on it this year you say
1: that now but if you somehow manage to make the playoffs after losing CMC and he returns for the playoffs you'll be much happier that you selected McCaffrey than uh Saquon Barkley
0: playoffs playoffs only two weeks left to the regular season man crazy man we're going down to the wire Yes, we in are. our league, it's a it is a mad dash for a few spots because the first place team in our league is going to be seven and four after this week. So it's not like anyone has been completely dominant in terms of record. Uh, so I'm sure there's a lot of leagues out there like that where almost all the playoff spots are up for for taking right it's now. It's
1: awesome our league this year the way it's going. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it's
0: great. Uh, Falcons coach Raheem Morris said Julio Jones uh, will be a game time decision. Week 12 against the Raiders. Uh, obviously, that's very preliminary. Julio Jones again got hurt in the last game. You saw Matt Ryan suck because of it because Matt Ryan is one of the most overrated people in the history of life. Um, but, yeah, Julio Jones again after after a few seasons where you didn't have to worry about this type of Julio Jones, where he didn't leave the game in the middle and come back. And uh, here we go again. Julio Jones. Yeah. Um, you, yeah, I don't know if you could ever trust him to finish a game with this one. They were down double digits
1: in the fourth quarter, and they bring Julio Jones back in. And now he's a game-time decision for next Sunday. Like, what were they thinking? What were they think they, they were going to come back and win that game? Like, it was just odd. That it Everything about Julio Jones every year is odd because he's always either playing through injuries or... The, the injuries that don't seem that bad are the ones he then sits for. I don't know. It's a mess, but if he plays, you start him, obviously. But yeah, it's not a. I don't think it's a good thing to be called a game time decision on a
0: Monday. J.K. Dobbins, man, what a uh, what a disappointing turn of events here. He finally looks like he's breaking out against. Uh, I mean, last week, uh, who they who did they play the the Titans? Titans against the Titans, and I mean, he looked a lot better than Ingram. He got way more carries. He got way more carries than Gus Bus, And it looked like he was going to start to pull away DeAndre Swift style from this three-headed backfield. And now he is placed on the COVID list along with Mark Ingram. They both tested positive on Sunday night. So um, they will have to sit because it's a Thursday game. So big blow for for them who were playing an extremely important game.
1: Yeah, you know, me and Jay completed a trade in our home league last week um, on Friday, and I got Gus Bus just thrown in as, like, he, Jason had to drop someone, so I was like, just send them to me instead, and it was Gus Edwards. And now I might be able to use Gus Edwards on Thursday, because, I mean, last Pittsburgh has been a tough matchup this whole season, of course, but last time they played each other, uh, Baltimore actually had a lot of success on the ground, and Gus Edwards is looking like he could be in line for 20 or so carries if it's just him and... Just as Hill like I'm sure Hill will mix in on pass catching duties but I do not see Hill getting a lot of just straight
0: up carries uh, Matt Nagy said he's still eva- evaluating the statuses of both Nick Foles who has a hip and a glute injury so he got hit in the airs in the arse and Mitchell Trubisky has a shoulder injury from doing what I don't know um, but playing Trubisky, like arse I mean when was the last <laughs> time he played He's plugging his millions on the bench. Uh, So the quarterback situation that already sucks in Chicago seems to be getting even suckier. Yeah, it's rough. The dude, I can't even remember
1: the dude's name who came in in relief. If he has to start, that's just a complete mess. It's at this point the only player you could start on the team is Allen Robinson, and even his stock has been declining. He gets Jair Alexander this week too. Hopefully, I'm hoping Nick Foles or Mitch Trubisky just for the Bears' offense sake because they're bad enough as is. They don't need
0: that third-string guy being a quarterback for an entire game. Joe Burrow uh, is the saddest news of the weekend. That's for damn sure. If you watched if you watched in particular Red Zone on uh, cable, not the DirecTV Red Zone. With Scott watched- Hansen, baby. Scott Hansen. They when they replayed this injury, not only did they replay the injury and you could see that this guy's knee like his it literally bent farther than a knee bends the other way. Like it was folded over. His knee had no business being where it was. And then they just paused it on that moment for like six, seven, eight seconds. Even Scott Hanson was like, yo, guys, yeah, we can take that off the screen now. And it's just as bad as it looks like. He tore up his entire knee. Um, ACL, MCL, PCL, CCL, RCL, OCL, no CL. All the CLs. He 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 cut them all. Oh, that's my wife calling. Sorry, guys. Um, so he got all the CLs. Uh, so, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's just super sad, bro. It's just, man, I I, I'm sad. And additional structural
1: damage. And the Athletic has... Um inside injuries as one of their fantasy football sources something i actually count on not like these random fantasy doctors that just say random shit on twitter they actually have been very solid with their analysis and they said a 12 month optimal recovery time so they would not be surprised if he starts next season on the pup which is upsetting um i also just want to say boy am i sick and tired of Well, the Cleveland Bengals shouldn't have been making him drop back 40-plus times with that terrible O-line. Yo, it's a football team with a young quarterback. If he was sitting on the bench, do you know how many people would be calling for the Bengals' owner's heads for letting Joe Burrow sit on the bench? But now that he gets hurt, it's the Bengals' fault for playing their young quarterback? Shut up. Like, yo, he had a bad offensive line. Guess what? He was fine with that bad offensive line for 10 weeks. Week 11, a freak injury happened. That's what happens in football. That shit gets me so frustrated. Like, yeah, go ahead. Just sit him on the bench until next year, and then maybe the offensive line will be good, and then you could play him. Like, shut up.
0: So annoying. Obviously, Michael's having an emotional reaction. It's so stupid, yo. To the Joe Burrow loss. Michael, you know, some people (laughs) express their sadness in different ways. You get angry. It's all right, man. Yeah, and they get stupid. What are you going to do? It's part of who you are. Um, (laughs) Miles Garrett, dude, this is a little concerning. Miles Garrett, they already say that he is out for next week's game against the Jaguars. Now, he has COVID 19. Um, that's, I mean, they're not allowed to say that, but that's what you have to assume. Well, if he
1: tested positive this morning, it's probably like one of those things where he had it, he has to quarantine for at least a week or something. So, at this point, that would be next Monday.
0: There is like I know these guys are peak physical condition, so that's why this virus doesn't really get them as bad as others. But you know, this also doesn't probably doesn't say think good things about like where he is health wise in terms of how he's feeling from this thing because this thing yeah. makes you feel like shit, bro. You're so yeah. it's uh, it's concerning. It's yeah, definitely. I hope,
1: con- I hope he's alright. I mean, we see Raquel Armstead having a a bad bout with COVID. He's like really the only athlete to have at least reportedly, had, like, serious issues with it um, yeah. in the NFL. So, I mean, yeah, hopefully my Miles Garrett is doing all right, and it's more just so that he uh, he tested
0: positive and not really that he's going through a lot. Tua benched uh, last week, but they already came out and said that he will be the starter again and that there's no controversy. He is the starter. It's just that at that point in the game, he was being out, like, matched. And they thought Ryan Fitzpatrick gave them the 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 you know the the greatest chance to win. I I don't have a problem with that. I think that if Tua can't wrap his head around the fact that he got benched in the fourth quarter uh, for a guy who was the starter previously in your third game, like if you can't handle that, then you're not made for the NFL. So I'm not really concerned about that in terms of Tua, um, but. It's good to know if you're streaming that it's not going to be Fitz. It's going to be Tua next week.
1: Yeah, well, if you're streaming, you really hope it was damn Ryan Fitzpatrick because he's been a top-five quarterback when active. Like Me and Jason were saying on the last pod last Wednesday that people need to slow down with Tua. They're acting like he's been playing like a star. He's been game-managing them to 3-0, and and starting him against Denver didn't really make much sense, and that clearly came into play. The dude had 50 passing yards on 26 attempts. Like, the level of play has been concerning. All because they were 3-0 and doesn't mean he was doing a good job. It means he was simply game managing, and that defense carried them. Guess what? The defense actually didn't play fairly well against the Denver Broncos, and they lost the game. Like, it's not even like the Denver Broncos' offense has been good, but they were actually able to score some points against Miami, and that offense could not get going at all. And it's been rough uh, for Tua, especially last week, and... If they're just sticking with him, I don't understand it. I mean, they're 6-4 and in the playoff hunt, especially in a year where, with COVID, any player could miss any game at any time. Like, you could play Pat Mahomes in the conference finals, and you figure out Pat Mahomes is going to miss the game or something. And there's an extra playoff spot. I'd be playing Ryan Fitzpatrick. But if the Dolphins want to play Tua
0: Tagovailoa, there's uh, all the power to them. Speaking of a former Alabama quarterback that is t- might take over for a veteran who throws a lot of interceptions. Doug Peterson said he is not considering at all benching Carson Wentz, although Carson Wells- Wentz has been paying playing like a, 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 as Jason would say a to-do, very to-do.
1: Dude, that offense has been just overall a joke. Like they do they forget that Miles Sanders last year was a ridiculously good pass catcher? Like, they just do not draw up passes to Miles Sanders anymore. Every single target and reception he sees is a dump-off because Carson Wentz can't find someone downfield. Like, how idiotic do you have to be to
0: have Miles Sanders on your team and not use him in the passing game? I feel like we've had this conversation before, but I'm going to say it again. Um, There's someone that I like a lot, Mike Lombardi. Uh, Mike Lombardi is, like, a former Patriots executive. I read his book called Gridiron Genius. I listen to him on podcasts. or well, I used to listen to him on podcasts until he went to another podcast, and now I, I you know, I don't bother. Um, I don't really listen to any podcasts anymore. It's just I just make them. Um, but he's an opinion I respect, and he was all aboard the Doug Peterson sucks as a coach train. That just happened to be when the Eagles made a miraculous run through the playoffs, and then and then won the the Super Bowl. But outside of that, the Eagles have been a very underachieving team. And particularly their offense has been a very underachieving offense because with what they have in in Miles Sanders and what they have in Carson Wentz and what they have in Jalen Rager now and what they have that they found in Travis Fulgham, and you know they're not they're not taking advantage of what they need to take advantage of, and you have to start worrying. You have to start thinking that Doug Peterson, people in Philly are getting a little tired of it. They're three and seven now, and it's not even like. Three, six, and one, excuse me.
1: Yeah, and it's not even like their their defense has been better than expected. Like, they're not allowing big games to running backs, receivers. They're really containing opposing offenses generally, and that offense has been the biggest problem, despite the fact that they have all these weapons. I understand the offensive line isn't the greatest, but Carson Wentz looks like he completely forgot how to quarterback. He leads the league in interceptions and fumbles.
0: That is just not okay. That's a Daniel Jones stat line right there. Yeah. Um, let's go over to the first of our one, two, three, four segments today. This one is the We Saw That Coming, things that we saw coming in week 11. I saw that coming from
1: a mile away. Oh, yeah. We're back. Last week. Oh, no, wait. No, last week we did find that. We still used it. Forget it. Forget it. No, folks. we didn't. We didn't use it. Oh, yeah, you're right. I looked behind the scenes. It just, the site was down or something. And that's the only thing we don't have saved because it's like we just can't figure out how to have it saved. So we always have to open up a web page. And last week, it just wasn't loading. But we're back,
0: folks. We're back in action. Ready to go. We're back, baby. Uh, Michael, speaking of back, who was your first Saw That coming?
1: Yeah, my first We Saw That Coming is someone we were all over um on the podcast despite... uh what seemed to be a quote-unquote difficult matchup and has been a difficult matchup for fantasy purposes this season. We said Deshaun Watson is going to eat with uh, the New England pass rush being highly mediocre this season and eat Deshaun Watson did. The dude absolutely dominated that game. 344 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, 36 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. He's a QB1 on the week. With 31 and a half points, I doubt Brady or Goff match that total tonight, so I assume he will stick as the RB1, his second-best fantasy performance of the year. The dude has been an absolute monster ever since Bill O'Brien got fired outside of last week in that terrible weather game against Cleveland where, I mean, he put up 14 points. No one's really putting up that many points in these terrible weather games in Cleveland, so even then he didn't do absolutely terrible. Baker put up like six points. Yeah, but I don't understand what's going on in Cleveland, but they keep... They keep winning games because they have the terrible weather that fits perfectly with their damn team. It's kind it's of just, crazy. It's ridiculous. It's like they're doing it on purpose for real. But yeah, uh, Deshaun Watson absolutely went in. It was a little underwhelming that it happened to be Fuller and Cooks were average. I mean, they were good. They got you double digit points, but neither of them scored a touchdown. And it was a uh, like Kiki QT finding the end zone, which was a little which was a little annoying, of course. But yeah, Deshaun Watson absolutely dominated.
0: I'm gonna go with another wide receiver that dominated Deontay Johnson. Um I well, I don't know why I said another wide receiver. It's only this one <laughs> wide receiver following a quarterback. But Deontay Johnson, man, we told you not only did we tell you that you could play all three Steelers with confidence, and it ended up Juju uh ended up leaving the game with an injury, so he ended up not getting. Do you see uh, how he got he hurt? A... Yeah, he stepped on a flag. He stepped on the the flag, yeah. Jeez Louise. I mean you could blame that all you want, but like Juju, if your ankles are weak or so weak that you step on a flag and you hurt yourself, like you're asking for trouble and and that would have been a lot worse. It's probably better for Juju because if that look, I, I broke my ankle on the left side three times and I've been to rehab and my brother in law is a movement specialist rehab uh person. And he built my ankle over a, a year and now it's strong, where if I roll it, I don't get hurt. I used to roll it and get hurt, kinda like Juju. And I can tell you from my experience, at least, that's a ticking time bomb because if you're not strong in your ankles, you're going to roll it. You're going to tear something and then you're going to be out for six weeks. So maybe it's good that he just got the little sprain and now he can go rehab it, strengthen it. And maybe that's a good thing for him. I don't know. But anyway, back to Deontay Johnson. Uh, Just a ridiculous target monster. Another 100-yard game. Another day where you just see that he's so involved in the offense. He's the number one guy there. He is the Antonio Brown. In the offseason, he was one of my favorite guys to draft because I said that he could be Antonio Brown. After even week one, I was not shy about saying that he's a wide receiver one rest of the season. The Twins laughed at me. So, (laughs) ha, ha, ha. But, yeah, I am – Deontay Johnson, I am recommending him highly uh, if you have him as someone who you're going to be very happy with going forward. Yeah, the dude is just – a target machine. Like, that's the only way to put it. The dude is
1: going to see 10-plus targets every time he steps on the field. He uh he runs that. He, he fits very well in that Pittsburgh offense. Ben Roethlisberger doesn't throw downfield a ton, and Deontay Johnson is the guy to get those mid to short intermediate targets, and he's been dominating with those touches. So, yeah, shout-out Deontay Johnson. Uh, my second we saw that coming, good old Mr. Taysom Hill. Mm. firstly if you're upset that someone played Taysom Hill against you in a tight end slot get over it (laughs) he beat you to it what are you gonna do or she beat you to it what are you gonna do it's not cheating if it's allowed like period and with that being said we were also very high on Taysom Hill as a quarterback this week because of the rushing prowess he actually ended up with He didn't rush much in the first half, but ended up after with 10 rushes, 51 rushing yards, and two rushing touchdowns, 233 passing yards. He brought Michael Thomas back to life. He played a lot better, really, than I expected him to play. Um, 18 for 23, so very efficient game. And going forward, as long as he's a starting quarterback, he's going to be a usable asset. Like, he's like the better version of Cam Newton this season now, at this point. Like, he's a better passer, and he's going to run just as much, if not more. So we were we liked Taysom Hill. Someone put up a poll and Kirk Cousins ended up having a huge game too. Um, but Taysom Hill ended up outscoring him. But it was like a Kirk Cousins or Taysom Hill poll. And like 90% of people said, like, Kirk Cousins. And we're like, what are you doing, yo? Like, what Kirk Cousins, obviously that's this was one of his ceiling games, but he's shown that he could get you like eight points. Why not just take the ridiculous upside with uh with what's his face with Taysom Hill and Taysom Hill ended up having a very good game. He's going to end as a top five QB
0: this week. I think when you look at Taysom Hill, the first thing that, that stands out and you know, this is a guy who's only played trick plays. So, you know, he has a, a an arm, but this guy has a fucking rocket cannon coming out of his right hand. Like this guy throws darts. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's not a, it's, it's not a, a mystery why they were so, uh, they were so, I don't know, adamant about not taking quarterback out of his repertoire at all because this guy's arm is a special it's next level and one of the things that i don't like about that is my next we saw that coming uh when the Taysom hill news came out i was moved to make a emergency podcast that lasted about 20 minutes or so if you've listened to that thank you about the ramifications of this move and one of the things I said is I'm downgrading every saint. Now, I was wrong about Michael Thomas, but I was right about Alvin Kamara. This is the first game in Alvin Kamara's career that he did not have a reception. And I, as an Alvin Kamara manager in my in my home league that I care the most about, that my team's kind of been rolling, I am absolutely shook at the possibility of, of a Taysom Hill long-term takeover here because I think Alvin Kamara will not be the same dude that we saw in the first couple of weeks. Now, there is something to be said about Sean Payton and his great mind and him going, we have to get Alvin the ball and scripting more Alvin Kamara as the first read type plays. So there's that is a possibility. But, oh, boy. If this continues, if this trend continues, then the fantasy world might be dropped on its head because a lot of teams who have Alvin Kamara on them have been very good. And all of a sudden, if Alvin Kamara goes back to being just a regular RB1 or even like a high-end RB2, low-end RB1, a lot of teams are going to look a lot worse than they did in the first 11 weeks of the season.
1: Yeah, I'm just, I'm not jumping the gun here, man. I know a lot of people are super worried, and I see that sentiment all over the place. They're going to be super worried about Kamara with Hill at QB. Let's not forget this is a team that uh, Alvin Kamara has played twice every season in his career and has yet to score a touchdown against them. For whatever reason, the Falcons seem to have Kamara's number, and he didn't have a catch his first game ever, I think, without a catch, which is certainly a little concerning, but it was also Taysom Hill's first game at QB, and we saw him holding the ball a lot at times as well, took some sacks, ended up running the ball a bit. I do think they're going to get him involved in the passing game. He's basically been their number one wide receiver. Like, I know he targeted Michael Thomas a lot, but guess what? Alvin Kamara's not just going to go away. He's still going to get rushing work. I'm I'm not jumping the gun here. I still think Alvin Kamara's going to be all right.
0: From your mouth to God's ears, Michael. From your mouth to God's ears. <laughs> Let's go uh, to our next one. It is the surprise, surprise category. Some things we definitely did not see coming last week. Surprise, motherfucker. What surprised you, Mr. Tim? It's got to be Jonathan Taylor. Because I'm the Taylor. Dude, the Colts' backfield is one of the more inconsistent and unpredictable backfields we've seen uh, in a while. And and we we look at consistent and uh, unpredictable backfields a lot. But even there's at least some predictability that, like, at least we know, like, uh, Harris is going to get the bulk of the carries with the Patriots. You know, at least we know that J.K. Dobbins will get at least eight touches with the Ravens. In this game, in this team, you don't know what the fuck is going on at any point ever. And they are really just riding the hot hand. And Jonathan Taylor had the hot hand. He had a great game. Um, uh, 22 carries, uh, over 100 yards. And he had a TD called back on a holding that he, he made a nice cut and sprint to the end zone. Look, I don't want to get too caught up. That's why this is not in my stock rising. This isn't my surprise, surprise, because I don't want to get burned again. But Jonathan Taylor did show us earlier in the year that he could be at least an RB2 when he gets the opportunities. And if he's making some corner sort of strides towards getting better, maybe a guy who looked like, a big liability to a lot of teams just last week, all of a sudden becomes a huge asset.
1: Yeah, I like the fact that you put him as a surprise and not a stock rising because guess what? We saw this happen last week too with Naheem Hines. Like, we saw Naheem Hines open the game, got the first two rushes. They went for negative two yards. Jonathan Taylor comes in and gets some positive rushes and then they ride Jonathan Taylor. Like, we've seen this story far too many times this year. And I'm not just jumping on the Taylor bandwagon. Again, now, like I'm not going to drop him or I'm not going to I mean, I'm going to add him if he's in the free agent pool, but
0: it's, it's tough to
1: start him next week with any sort of confidence.
0: I uh, I used to talk a lot about, um, you know, what Michael, let's get into your next surprise, surprise, and then I'll get into this because it kind of goes into my next surprise, surprise. Uh, who's your next surprise, surprise? My next surprise, surprise. Well, my first surprise, surprise
1: is a guy that. No, you should not go at him, but hot damn, did he come out of nowhere and is likely to end as the wide receiver one overall this week, Damir Bird. Demir Bird has been playing 99% of the snaps, basically, for the entire year for New England, and he's had some decent games. Uh, he's topped out at 10.5 fantasy points this season, um, and then this week against Houston, coming off a donut against Baltimore. He has a rush attempt for 11 yards and then seven targets, six receptions, 132 yards and a touchdown. His touchdown catch was a glorious over-the-shoulder catch in the end zone. It was a beautiful play. And Demir Bird, I'm not buying into the hype. Like, I'm not going to start him next week just because he's facing Arizona. Like, it's a Cam Newton-led offense and Cam Newton sucks, but it was fun. And shout out to Demir Bird, who had a huge game. Facts, I thought that was going to be Jacoby
0: Myers' game when I put him as my sleeper.
1: Well, this is why me and... Jason have been uh, saying, watch out for Jacoby Myers.
0: Just Um, one thing I always used to do is when I was on a different podcast, I used to pick games every week. And one of the major factors I would consider is a team coming off a bye week. And my second surprise surprise was, hello there, Ezekiel Elliott. Nice to see you again. Um, and the entire Cowboys offense, really, a ridiculous catch by C.D. Lamb. Um, Amari Cooper got in the double digits again in half-point PPR. Uh, What's his name? Andy Dalton wasn't horrible. Ezekiel Elliott really stole the show. Tony Pollard even had a, a fantasy viable game if you had to, for whatever reason, uh, start Tony Pollard. But Ezekiel Elliott, first 100-yard game of the season, and... This team coming off a bye week looks like a different team, and you have to give a team a little bit of time to adjust when their leader and the guy who throws for 50 passes a game goes out. And I think this Cowboys team made some of those adjustments that they needed to make, adjusting the offense to tailor more towards Andy Dalton's strengths rather than um, the strengths of Dak Prescott, and you saw it pay off uh, in this offense. And I think that it's not going to be the offense with Dak, but it could be somewhere close. And all of a sudden, if you have Zeke, you could you could breathe a little sigh of relief because, hey, the guy that you drafted is not all the way gone. If you have Andy Dalton um, in like a two-quarterback league, maybe, oh, man, maybe this is the guy you spent all that fab money on thinking that he was going to be the, the big-time Dak replacement. And I think the Cowboys just, if you have CeeDee Lamb, he's on option. I think the Cowboys are just looking up. Yeah, um, this is certainly
1: more along the lines of what we expected as a fantasy community when we figured out Andy Dalton was going to be the new quarterback. Certainly not the abysmal play that we saw his first couple times out. It was nice to see that offense actually operate and not be a despicable offense to watch. And Zeke, maybe uh, he was dealing with some dings prior to the bye week, like uh, hamstring and things of that sort. Maybe he was more hurt than he let on because he looked like he had newfound juice uh, after the bye. Like you said, first 100-yard game, and Zeke, basically, over the past three years, it was like, I have a Zeke Elliott. I'm getting 100 rushing yards. Hopefully, he finds the end zone and catches some passes as well, and this was the first time he reached 100 yards this year. Maybe we could see more of that. He definitely looked a lot better, and I agree. That whole offense uh, certainly looked improved, and maybe they won't all be useless fantasy options moving forward as it seemed with, like, uh, Garrett Grayson and such. Yes, yes, yes. My second surprise surprise, because this guy just had to go and do it after. after we all just, like, give up on him. Melvin Gordon just comes <laughs> out against Miami 15 times, runs for 84 yards and two touchdowns. Like, he has not found the end zone since week seven against KC. He did not top eight fantasy points in three straight games back-to-back fantasy games where he didn't even reach five half EPR points, only 17 rushes total in those two games. And then he comes out, and he gets 15 rushes, 84 yards, two touchdowns, and he looks like actually good Melvin Gordon. Like, I was even considering dropping Melvin Gordon in, a ten, in my only 10-team league. Like, that's what it was getting to, and I have him on my bench, and now it's a nail-biter. I need Daryl Henderson to stay under 14 points for me to win.
0: But yeah, I also... I sat Melvin, Melvin Gordon for Ronald Jones. I don't know how Ronald Jones is going to do, so we'll see. But odds are R- Ronald Jones will not score what are you, 18, 18 points. Uh, and now he gets the Saints next week. Put him right back on
1: your bench. This is why he's not stock rising or anything. He's just a surprise <laughs> because he came out of nowhere. But Let's
0: get into the yeah. stock rising. Speaking of getting the Saints defense next week, let's see whose stock is going up after week 11.
1: Something just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best thing I've seen in the last six months. Now, right now, John, the stock trades over the counter at $0.10 a share. And by the way, John, our analysts indicate it could go a heck of a lot higher than that. We are looking at a grand slam home run. Tim, before we get into the stock up, I just want to say, because it was frustrating. You know how I feel about the fact that we have roster limits, roster ad limits in our league, and they used up all my ads. Well, we have six ads each week, and I've just been running through them because I've been working the way a wire like crazy. I had Jameis Winston as my quarterback. I couldn't pick up Taysom Hill, and then I had to trade to acquire Carson Wentz. And then I wanted to go pick up the New York Giants defense against the Ryan Fidley-led Bengals next week, and I forgot I was out of ads, and then it didn't let me because I'm out of ads. And then I go ahead and tweet it from Brodo because, you know, fantasy football, we provide the people. I said, fantasy football hack, go add the Giants. And our cousin, who is in our league, who listens and reads Brodo, goes ahead and adds the Giants. And now I can't even get them on the waiver wire. So thank you, Tim, for adding these damn free agent ads in our league. You terrible commissioner.
0: Cool story, bro. We've had those since the beginning. Yeah, they're stupid. The reason why we put them in is because of you. Yeah, you're going to tell a fake story. No, one of you in the playoffs one year picked up every single free agent quarterback and dropped them again, making them waiver eligible. And someone who had an injured quarterback on their team that you were playing ha- didn't have a quarterback for that week. So we put in limits on pickups. Fake
1: story, my man. Anyways. It's not a fake story. My first stock rising. No,
0: no, 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 no. Who's the host here? We – fine, fine. Go ahead. Speak. We were talking about the Saints defense because my, my – Second, actually, stock rising, but I'm going to say it first just because it's it's cool to you know transition, um, is the New Orleans Saints. Um, the New Orleans Saints defense is on the rise. The last three weeks, they have scored 16, 14, and 16 again in terms of fantasy points, three sacks and three interceptions in week nine, not to mention only giving up three points. And then, again, San Francisco in week 11, 13 points given up, two sacks, two interceptions, Two fumble recoveries, so they have been turning the ball over. And then finally last night, only nine points allowed, eight sacks, eight, two interceptions as well. Um, This defense has been on an absolute tear, and this is not the first time we've seen the Saints defense step up when they need to. This is also not the first time we've seen the the Saints defense step up in – there's three things. The Saints defense steps up when it needs to in the last couple of few years – it steps up when there's a backup quarterback because they're more needed and kind of the intensity level ramps up and you can tell. And then number three, they come on late in the year. That's just their calling. And now coming up, they get Denver, who has statistically been the best defense to face. I mean, has given up the most points against defenses. And then they have Atlanta and Philly 13 and 14. They get Kansas City week 15. So you're probably not going to play them then. But then Minnesota week 16, a Minnesota team that might be out of the playoff hunt, at that point so i think the saints defense especially going into next week if you picked up new orleans and you've been starting them for the last few weeks uh riding a defensive wave uh congratulations you uh have won the defensive lottery and that's sometimes a difference between a championship and a non-championship
1: yeah the saints defense has been going in this just seems like the saints defense always picks up around halfway through the season and doesn't it? it's kind of crazy A much better unit in the second half that's how the Saints are anyways. They always lose a couple games in the early uh, stage of the year where it's just like, how did they lose that game? And then by the end of the year, it's like, yeah, it's the Saints. So
0: they're just doing their thing. And then at the very end of the year, the referees fucked them over. Yep. The story of the Saints. Bada-bing, bada-boom. My uh,
1: first stock rising is a guy who unfortunately will now be missing Thursday's game against Pittsburgh. But if you could acquire him for cheaper because of that, or if you could get him for less on the waiver wire because of that, because he's only 63% rostered, you better do it because it's J.K. Dobbins, who, yes, he's going to miss this week's game, but he finally broke out as the guy in Baltimore this week. 15 rushes, 70 yards, and a touchdown, two targets, two receptions, 15 yards. He had a two-point conversion. He's been an absolute monster this season in his opportunities, his fantasy points per opportunity minus touchdowns, shout out. Santiago Casanova, one of our brodo contributors. <clears throat> you can find that stat on the site. J.K. Dobbins is a very good running back in that statistic. And he hits Jacksonville and the Giants weeks 15 and 16. The semifinals and the finals. And if J.K. Dobbins is going to be getting 70-plus percent of the work in the Baltimore backfield, he's going to be a league winner type guy. Similar to DeAndre Swift. So if you can get J.K. Dobbins, do it probably cheaper now with, uh, with the pit, with him being out for the pit game on Thursday, go do it because JK Dobbins is certainly looking
0: up. Whenever you have a three headed backfield, you have to think to yourself, like I want to have the guy who's most talented in that backfield. If I'm going to have anyone, because that's the guy that might end up getting the workhorse role. If there is anyone to do it, With the Patriots is Damian Harris with the, with the, uh, uh, the the Rams, excuse me, it's, it's Daryl Henderson, in my opinion, over Cam Akers. And then uh, in this situation is J.K. Dobbins. Let's go over to my second stock rising. I'm going to keep it with the Saints. Michael Thomas, man. Michael Thomas was absolutely peppered with uh, targets. And one thing that we told you about uh, on this show was that Michael Thomas, in his comeback, might disappoint you for the first couple weeks, but then go out and try and acquire Michael Thomas after that because what he has coming up Atlanta, Denver, Atlanta, Philly, KC, a little bit of a difficult matchup, and then Minnesota, those are excellent, not only good, but excellent matchups against wide receivers. And Taysom Hill is basically running a college offense at this point. It's drop back. First read is Michael Thomas. Throw it if it's there, if it's not, tuck it and run. And that might evolve, but if it doesn't evolve and someone who doesn't have a lot of experience playing quarterback continues to have a simplified offense, then Michael Thomas is going to be the beneficiary. So I think Michael Thomas, his stock is way up. The same way that I feel like Alvin Kamara I'm a little nervous about, I feel the opposite about Michael Thomas.
1: Yeah, uh, Michael Thomas finally got back to being Michael Thomas this week. About damn time. Jeez Louise, it's been uh, very frustrating for people who rostered Michael Thomas this season. But yeah, I do think it's a good sign moving forward, especially with this schedule. Uh, My second stock up. This is a nice surprise going into the stretch of the fantasy world. Only five weeks left to go this fantasy season. Clyde Edwards-Alaire. 14 rushes, 69 rushing yards, 2 rushing touchdowns, 2 targets, a reception, and 8 yards. And he was clearly the guy this time around. Yes, Le'Veon Bell stole a touchdown. Yes, uh, Daryl Williams stole some receptions. But it was Clyde's backfield. This is the first time he's had over 10 touches, 10 rushes since Bell was acquired. And this was coming out of the bye. So clearly they're trusting Clyde as the main guy. And Bell and Williams are just mixing in as spellbacks good sign for Edwards Edwards Hilaire going forward because now he's finally starting the fi- starting to find the end zone as well four touchdowns over his last four games after only finding it once prior to that so some regression there and someone you should be able to trust maybe he's not that top 5 option you were hoping you would get but he's going to be at least a low end RB1 high end RB2 i think going uh going forward over these last 5 weeks
0: uh yeah i mean hard to Hard to argue with you on that one. That's for sure. My last guy, stock rising, Mark Andrews. Oh, buddy, it's nice to see you in this section again. We were having a little bit of an issue, me and you, but I still love you. We called this big
1: time after the boil injury. We said, please go get one of our patrons who has DM access, was DMing us and said, uh, has a solid team. Asked us if he should trade Robert Woods for Mark Andrews. And we said, yes. And then, bam, Mark Andrews is
0: going to help him win this week. We'll see if unless Robert Woods right now in my in the league that I care the most about, like I was talking about, I am up by a seven point cushion. Exactly seven points. Well, seven point like three points. And I am facing Cooper Cup and I have Robert Woods. So definitely a Robert Woods fan tonight. Yeah. Um, but 79 percent of the snaps he played against New England um, tied for the most against Kansas City. But. This is where it gets very good. Second most route runs on the week on the year with 31. Uh, tied for the most targets on the year. Uh, tied for the most receptions that he had on the year. A season high in yards with 61 yards. And on top of what he did do, which was have a great game, uh, five for 96 and a touch, he also could have had a ginormous game um lamar jackson continues to be the reason why andrews doesn't have as big a games as he should he had andrews wide open on a play completely just missed him overthrew him had him open in the end zone missed him um uh, so he, this could have been one of those mark andrews three touchdown games except this time he would have added um he would have added yards 96 yards he, he went for so uh if you are, are a mark thomas guy i mean Mark Andrews guy and you have been staying true to your man. It's about to pay off. Mark Andrews stock is definitely rising.
1: Yeah. That Nick Boyle injury changed things and hopefully he starts seeing more work like he did last week. And okay. I don't see why that would change. Uh, my last stock rising is someone we could talk about for about 14 seconds because we discussed this already earlier. Um, Ezekiel Elliott looked like a new man out of the buy. That offense looked way better than it did prior he has some difficult matchups coming up, but it's certainly looking much better than it did the first few weeks after Prescott went down when he was operating as like a flex play only. Now he looks like he's back into that RB1 slash RB2 right on the edge tier there. So shout out Zeke. That's, uh my final stock up.
0: Let's get into our six sadistic twisted ways. Let's see whose stock is falling, falling, falling.
1: The worst day on Wall Street since the crash of 1987.
0: The Dow traders are standing there watching in amazement, and I don't blame them. We're now down 43%. Almost everything there completely wiped out. And the NASDAQ, everything and more has been completely wiped out.
1: Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate. The market's deteriorating, Tim. Deteriorating. Which players are deteriorating, in your mind, in the fantasy market?
0: Uh, I mean, the first guy that I'm going with, and this guy has been on this list for a while, but I think that needs to be on this list one more time. That's Robbie Anderson. Because Robbie Anderson has completely shifted in terms of what he is on the season. Because, dude, right now... Robbie Anderson has a 27% target share. He had nine targets last game for seven receptions and 46 yards. It's not like he's not being used in this offense, and this is something that we've been seeing now for weeks in a row. This is not something that is surprising. Robbie Anderson has put up 10 points as his most, at the most, his most positive output since week 5 he's put up 10 points twice now you're talking about a guy in the first th- in those first 5 weeks put up double digits over 13 points four to the 5 weeks but honestly it's been rough goings and not only they're spreading the ball around to Curtis Samuel who's been getting way more love and now DJ Moore who's all of a sudden emerging Robbie Anderson is obviously a part of this offense that's not going to be the explosive part it's going to be like he's going to need to to make someone miss and run after the catch in order to have big games. And as a person who has watched Robbie Anderson in, in the past, there is one thing that he cannot do is to make people miss. He can run away from people, but once he has the ball in his hands, him breaking a tackle is extremely unlikely. So I Robbie Anderson, I just don't see how you could start him with any confidence at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's getting you flex. Ish worthy numbers, but his ceiling is completely evaporated and it's not what you, not what you wanted after seeing him uh, go off the first few weeks of the season. Uh, my first stock down is a plethora of players of the Cincinnati Bengals. Gio Bernard slash Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd, T Higgins. Those are really the only start options anyways. Boy, do their stocks go way down with Ryan Finley at quarterback. It's not like we haven't seen this Ryan Finley experiment before. He replaced Andy Dalton when they were going to start tanking, and he played so bad that they went back to Andy Dalton. Not good. Uh, He hardly played against Washington, ended up with an interception. The Giants have been a decent, better than you would expect defense this season. I think they're a great play next week as a defense. As I said, I'd go add them if I could. But... I don't see how you could trust Tyler Boyd or T. Higgins as more than, like, wide receiver three flex plays this week. Gio Bernard falls into low-end RB2 flex territory. It sucks. It sucks if you roster those guys because Boyd and Higgins are both rock-solid wide receiver twos, and Bernard was a solid fill-in for Mixon, but it's not going to be nearly as fantasy-friendly going forward.
0: Everything about that sucks, man. Everything about the injury, the circumstances, it all sucks. Yes, it does. Uh, Especially for our long-suffering fan base, This got to feel like a real punch in the gut. Um, Here's a punch in the gut. A guy that we were talking about trying to acquire before he went down with an injury was Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper started to get back involved in the offense. He was looking like the upticks were coming, and then he gets himself hurt. In the game, he gets himself hurt. Harrison Bryant scores three touchdowns. (laughs) And another touchdown is added by uh, David Njoku. So four tight end touchdowns. And it looks like uh, Austin Hooper is ready to slot into a role like that. Then he gets his his appendix out. Misses a week. By week. Since then, 1.6 and 4.8. Now, yes, these have been bad weather games. So you do take this with a grain of salt. But if I was sitting here dependent on Austin Hooper to be my guy, the guy who I've been stashing, the guy who I I want. I started Austin Hooper in one league over Jonu Smith and Mark Andrews. And I paid the price. That's pretty um, that's pretty nuts. Yeah. It was stupid. I regret <laughs> it. But that's but that's the type of matchup Austin Hooper was in. And that's the type of work that you know you anticipate Austin Hooper's gonna get. And I just don't think he's that set it and forget it tight end that you thought he was going to be earlier. So, uh, I mean, unless things change next week, I think Austin Hooper's stock is down for me. And if the weather
1: ever changes in that damn city, geez louise. Uh, my second stock falling, another guy we touched on briefly earlier, so it doesn't have to go in depth here, but Miles Sanders, the Eagles' inability to operate an effective offense, inability to get Sanders mixed in on the, in the passing game besides just little dump-offs. Every game seems to start the same way. He starts the game with like 10 rushes, 60, 70, 80 yards on those rushes. Super effective. The Eagles go down by a touchdown, and then the Eagles decide, oh, no, we're down by a touchdown. We can't run the ball anymore. And put the ha- ball in Carson Wentz's hands, and Carson Wentz throws interceptions, fumbles, just continues to suck because he's just been absolutely atrocious this year. It's a it's a little ridiculous. Um, and Miles Sanders has certainly taken a lot of that on his back in the fantasy world because he has just not been able to produce and i i'm I don't think it's his fault like the dude has been very effective on a per carry basis, but they're just not giving him enough carries and they're not just giving him enough looks in the passing game either so it's certainly frustrating
0: certainly 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 do you know what else is certainly frustrating Michael Adam GaSe being, you know, just employed by the NFL in in any capacity whatsoever, um, and we thought that Lamichael P Ryan was going to be a is going to be a situation where this young kid is going to get the shot. The Chargers are coming in. The Jets they have a chance to beat the Chargers. Only three wins, two wins on the season. The Chargers three or two wins, like one of the two, can't remember off the top of my head. And what happens? Frank Gore is the workhorse. So my, yes, Michael P Ryan scored a touchdown, but if you can, if there's still trades in your league, try and sell that because the only reason is because Frank Gore got banged up. Frank Gore had a had a uh, a quote the other day that was like, "I'm not gonna let my I'm not gonna let this team go winless." And I was like, first of all, Frank. Frankie, let me talk to you. First of all, you literally have no say in that whatsoever. In fact, you're probably making it more likely. Second of all, shut up. We don't want to win a game. We want Trevor Lawrence. True. We're tanking for Trevor, guy. Shut your face. Be quiet.
1: Maybe we win one game, still get the first pick. Still get the first pick, and then we don't have to worry about Frank Gore returning.
0: I don't want any... (laughs) fucking wins at all I don't want there to be any type of reason to keep Adam Gase around I don't want there to be any type of reason to for the Jaguars to get this pick I want this to be the worst season ever and then I want everything to change
1: well we're all well on our way to the worst season ever
0: although the last time Hugh Jackson kept his job so let's hope that's not the case here
1: yeah.
0: oh my god I really hope that's not the case <laughs> Michael, if 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 Adam Gase is the head coach of the Jets next year, I might. There's a zero
1: percent chance. I
0: might kill a person. That's
1: I. That's a felony, Tim.
0: Yeah, I know, but it would be like I'll make sure it's like a real bad person.
1: Hmm. Okay. Dexter you know I mean? style.
0: Dexter style. Yeah, I'll be that. Yeah,
1: I'll, I'll, I'll Dexter someone. Follow the code. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My last stock down, Tim, is uh, Christian Kirk right when he reeled us in, he lets us right back down. Shocking. We've been infamous Christian Kirk haters, and then he pulls out these string of games where it's like, you know what? Fine. I guess we should buy into it because it doesn't look like it's going away. And then certainly enough, it goes away against Buffalo and Seattle. He now has 4.7 and seven half PPR points in back to back games, eight receptions, three, two games, 77 yards, no, uh, no touchdowns. And it's just being back to Christian Kirk. He's not If he doesn't catch a long touchdown, you're likely going to be upset about the fact that you started him. And those, yeah. rid, that ridiculous stretch of games where he played the Jets, Dallas, Seattle, and Miami, where he was a, a very good option. Guess what? Those are gone. Now he gets New England, the Rams, Giants, Philly, and San Fran to close it out. All teams that are in the top 15 against opposing wide receivers. Sell Christian Kirk as soon as you can, if you can. I mean, we were, we would have... I mean, we've been saying to sell Christian Kirk anyways, but yeah, it's not going to get any better in my opinion. His stock is certainly
0: way down in my book. That is all for the Monday recap episode. Don't forget to visit Brodo Fantasy for our articles in the upcoming weeks. Great news for all of you guys. Tomorrow we are coming at you with a podcast, a very special Thanksgiving edition podcast. On a Tuesday, we are going to preview the Thanksgiving games, and then we are going to do our Waiver Wire show for free for everyone. A free preview of the Waiver Wire show. Yes, that's right. In a very important waiver week, we will be giving you our thoughts on the Waiver Wires tomorrow for free. If you like what you hear and you want to continue hearing it, please support the show, patreon.com slash brotofantasy. There you will find that extra episode. Access to our community in our Discord. Access to our listener leagues access to leagues with us access to uh dms where you could ask us any start sit questions without your nosy league mates seeing where you're getting your information from and tons 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 more extra patreon.com slash of fantasy please support the show it is how we like to uh make the show better is by having money so thank you for giving us money straight cash homie. And straight cash homie Mike where could they find you at BrotoFF Mike find me at BrotoFF Tim you can find Jason at Broto FF Jason see what we did there is he I at, at FF, is it Jay
1: or Jason at Brotofff, Jason
0: to, that's at Broto FF Jason he, he always makes that mistake so now I'm making that mistake Um, yeah with that being said uh, as they say in the old country a toodaloo motherfucker. Sure. Later. (laughs) Later.